and welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papa New to PapaNew.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Contraman Ali of TheContraman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a very special guest, which will be Lumaria Stars in the Pine, pine Tree State of Maine, bringing us today's topic on magic logic and customizing spells. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or rumor as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Cat and Contraband Ali. Miss Cat. Hi, Papa Newt. Well, today I'm the one with the technical issues. <laughs> sometimes it's you, baby, and sometimes it's me. Um, but uh, happy to be here. I am uh, flying blind. Um, my computer, you know, as usually happens, eventually you have to send a computer to the shop to have something done. And so I am on a different computer, but... That computer doesn't have all the passwords and logins memorized to get into the chat room. And so as we uh, speak, I'm looking at Nagashiva controlling the mouse and screen of this computer. I'm seeing little cursors flying around, and he's trying to find me a login and password. And I will join everyone in the chat room real soon, I hope. He's now updating Adobe Flash Player. You know how it is, folks. Just watching um, your computer act as if an alien from outer space had taken it over, and now it's at Google. I could give a whole like running report. Anyway, don't I'm bother. not here. <laughs> <laughs> don't bother. Right? I'm I'm not here, but I am here in spirit. I am here auditorily. But if you are expecting my loud keyboard tapping, you're not going to hear it. <laughs> I'll come in later. Y'all know how loud I type. The reason I type so loud, by the way, is that I have very low vision. And um, having a keyboard of the kind that makes a loud positive clatter helps me know when I've hit the keys because I can't really see them. And uh, then in order to kind of see them, I end up bending down and leaning over them, and that puts the the mouthpiece of the phone right near the keyboard. So as long as you're stuck with me, you're stuck with the loud clatter of keys, just think of it as my special talent. Okay, well, here we are today, and it's a beautiful day outside, just lovely. Um, One of those days when um, I hope you're listening to this in a lovely place, Um, good weather all around you like we have here in California. We have declared a brand new um, vow of um, programmatic production at Lucky Mojo. I'm sure that most of you who listen to the show are familiar with Facebook Fridays. Facebook Fridays are the days that we give away free products. We give away a free 
uh, one, two, three, up to up to even seven um, prizes of varying value, but usually there's somewhere between three and five of them, to random people. We post on Facebook. It's a random drawing. Just post a comment. You go to the Lucky Mojo page. You post your comment, and Ernie Madero's cheerfully selects the right number of winners and um and that's his job he does facebook fridays and then he bundles up the products and sends them out and they're free and we've been doing that since 2014 so it's been a long running thing and having come out of the stan lee school of ad copy writing i hmm. have a, a oh yeah well you know stan lee i mean who who wouldn't have been influenced by Stan Lee working in the comics industry as I did for 26 years. Um, And also um, Roy Thomas, uh, a friend of mine who was uh, the the first um, prodigal uh, child of Stan Lee, uh, who was hired by Stan, he had been an English uh, teacher and he identified some of Stan Lee's characteristics, one of which was rhyming and the other of which was alliteration. So Jack Kirby became Jack King Kirby, and Roy Thomas became Roy the Boy Thomas. And so either it rhymed or it was alliterative in Stan Lee's world. So I love alliteration, and I think many people of my generation who grew up reading Stan Lee's comics kind of think of it as second nature. So Facebook Fridays seemed natural to me, and now today we declare that it is July 1st, Sunday. It is the first of our squeaky Sundays. Squeaky Sundays. And I'm going to be putting this in the newsletter for July, and from now on we can look forward to squeaky Sundays. And what that means is that, I know you all going, what? what is she talking about, squeaky Sundays? Um but we have a, a habit. I, I know it just sounds fancy, doesn't it? Uh, we have a habit when people place an order. Of course, everything is made by hand. Everything is handmade. So if we have it on the shelf, we make them in short runs because we don't want anything to go stale. It's all fresh ingredients, fresh products. We have no factory here. Everything's handmade. So we'll make a run of say fourteen, or we might make a run of. I don't know, 36 or something or whatever it is, that quantity based on whatever number uh, we sell in a six-month period. We never want to have more than that around. And so, um, hold on, I've been handed a message by a man who's clicking my... Ah, I'm in the chat room. Got it. (laughs) It came in and silently pointed, and I had no idea what he was pointing at. Okay, I'm going to type hello, and you'll see if I can see it. I'm here. Yes. All righty. Well, kind of. <laughs> That's sort of a failed typing. But it did say hello. Um, uh, I'm gonna, now I'm going to write test and see what happens. Ah, there it is. It's a start. Yeah. All right. I'm back in the chat. Thank God. All right. Going on to Squeaky Sundays. So um, we make all these things, and when we don't have uh, one of the products, we put them in what we call the line. And then we make the oldest one, we make all the products for that, and then we 
kick down any products that we make extra that have that same need. Like, for instance, if they need essence of bend over bath crystals and we're going to make eight of them and we've got the, the one that's first in the line and then we just go and look down through our database, look down, oh, look, there's another, there's another, there's another. And that's called redeeming them. And uh, when they're all redeemed, we take them to heaven, which is to say to the shipping department, to Eileen's shipping department. They've all been redeemed and saved and brought out of purgatory. And so the squeaks, however, are people who call up and they say, but I've been waiting for my essence of endo wrath crystals for, you know, like a week. Where are they? We call them squeaky wheels, you know, like the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So we will rush them. I'm letting out a secret here. If you phone the shop and act politely distressed, don't act angry, don't act um, presumptuous, don't act imperious, don't threaten to cancel your order, but say, I've been waiting really patiently, and I really need this before the full moon, or whatever your need may be. I need this before my boyfriend deploys. I need this before I go to court. You're a squeaky wheel, and the squeaky wheel gets the grease. That's an old um, aphorism that holds true most places in the world. So if you're a squeaky wheel, and you only have one thing, or maybe two, that you need we will jump you in the line because you actually went to the trouble to phone us and engaged us in polite conversation. Polite is important to Nikki, and Nikki is the one who handles 90% of these calls. Some of them are handled by Nicole. Polite is important to Nicole as well, and even Leslie, and even me. So we have these ones that we then take the box out of the line. We put a Post-it note on it, and it says in big letters, squeak, and we put it at the front of the line. Now, don't all you just all jump at once and make yourself squeaks, because you can't. Because these are internally generated squeaks. So what we're doing right now, if an order has one thing that's holding the whole order up, whatever it is, no matter where it is at the line, we're going to declare one day of the week, Squeaky Sunday, and we'll only be making those onesies. And so we hope to please the most people possible, those who've waited in line have six days on which we make things in chronological order. But on the seventh day, we do not rest. We just make squeaks. And so today is the very first squeaky Sunday. And that's my sermon for the day, folks. So how are you today? I'm I'm doing well, thank you for asking. Uh, this was a fascinating look uh, behind the curtain, so to speak. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm I was thoroughly enjoying. I actually got to admit, I love the going from purgatory to heaven. That is just I love it. Really? I love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> There's funny? a part of me that just enjoys that <laughs> immensely, and I think it's so fantastic. Um, things have been uh, well on my end. I've been quite busy doing uh, what I do best. I've had an interesting spat of, of uncrossing clients or clients that have been suffering from crossed conditions. And I'm not talking like, oh, life isn't, isn't going well. I'm talking like old school crossed conditions. Like this has been going on for years. My life is falling apart at the seams. Everything's gone, everything's gone to shit, so to speak. Mm. And so I've been doing a lot of, a lot of that type of uncrossing work, um, which you know, I, the actual meaning of uncrossing, not like I'm having a little bit of uh, bad luck. And, and we're getting some really good results, but it was very fascinating because they all came in at once. They started coming in around end of May, beginning of June, and I had like four of them in a row 
a very similar kind of uncrossing situation. So I've been dealing with a lot of uncrossing work, blockbuster work, and I gotta say we're making some good progress. And it's mostly because of um, you know some fantastic uncrossing products that we've been using and from Lucky Mojo. Wow, uncrossing, huh? It's funny. You didn't know this, but uncrossing is one of the squeaks. <laughs> uncrossing. We have a whole bunch of people who, yeah, a whole bunch of people have. I think it was uh, IPD incense powder, uh, IPD who who uncrossing, and that is uh, one of the squeaks for the day. <laughs> Interesting. We're all in a we're all in alignment on that. Um, I'm curious. Did the blockbuster kind of take off in popularity when you released it, and and now more people are doing blockbuster than they are uncrossing? I wouldn't say more. I think okay. that many many of our clients. I think that happened at first, mm-hmm. and people who were new to these things sort of thought of them as one being a substitute for the other. And I have to say something here about Blockbuster. It is an old old formula. It's not um, something that we invented or devised, but we hadn't had it on our list because people hadn't asked for it. And um, mm-hmm. one of our colleagues suggested uh, that he liked the product and wanted us to make some. So we we you know brainstormed oh, with him about the list of ingredients, and I had a list of ingredients for an old um, you know uh, formula that I had, and we modified it and we came out with this. Um, I designed the label, and he introduced it at one of the Hoodoo Heritage Festivals. That created a big demand. But Blockbuster is interesting because. If you think about it, the other thing that it can get confused with is road opener. And um, Mm. so people are kind of like, which do I want, road opener or blockbuster? Well, you know, you got a closed road or do you have a mountain in front of you, right? Or uh, do they say, do I get blockbuster or uncrossing? Well, have you been crossed a long time? You might want to try a combination of uncrossing, jinx killer, and blockbuster and see if you can break it up, you know? So blockbuster makes a good add-on. It makes a good add-on to road opener as well, but it's also good in its own right for breaking up standing conditions, very very interesting thing. So, but mm-hmm, uncrossing mm-hmm. still uncrossing still outsells blockbuster, and mm. um, it's in our top ten, as pre- particularly in the form of the bath crystals. That's the most popular well, I'm, form I'm for it. Definitely running low, so I'll be ordering some soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so um, anyway, uh, that's it for 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 what's up here, and I and I. I do want to say we're about a day late on our um, newsletter. It should have gone out today, July 1st, but it'll go out within the next two or three days. We're we're a little bit um, behind, um, a little bit jammed up with products to make, oils to make, and um, things to do, Which for which I thank our customers because we've had absolutely so many orders. Um, this last week was one of our best sales weeks all year, and we never oh, know wow. when when it's going to happen. But you know, it's just it's you know the luck of the draw. But for everybody who ordered last week, thank you so much. You really made it for us a great week. And now, of course, we've got to pay the piper and make those squeaks. <laughs> we don't have enough product in the shop to fill all those orders, which is great. <laughs> we love it. All right. Well, today we have a guest coming on in here. And I'm going to, to give a little mention and talk about this. Many of you will know this guest under the name Alchemical Artisans Hour. 
And, um, you know, she has been in the chat log uh, for years. I mean, you know, if you go back to the forum and look at the logs of the chat. And Alchemical Artisans Hour is an interesting name, of course. Mm. You have to say, what, what does that mean? Well, what it means and what people didn't know, and I wasn't fully aware of it, Alchemical Artisans Hour was a radio show. And the co-hosts of it kept that show going for quite a while. And eventually, as things happened, that partnership, um, you know, kind of faded and the show went away. But Alchemical Artisans Hour was the name of the show and the um, the co-hosts were Luminaria Star and Tidal Miller. And Luminaria Star had an account at Blog Talk Radio as Alchemical Artisans Hour and always would log in with that name. And I would always say, God, this is such an awkward name. But that was the name <laughs> of her of her show. Well, in talking with her, um, we have um, come up with some great ideas. And I think that um, Alchemical Artisans Hour or in some form or another, the Luminaria Star Hour, we're still working it out, um, will be on the air again in some form or another. And um, and I'm so happy to, to uh, announce this. This is going to be a new show on the Lucky Mojo Radio Network. So, How exciting. Without further ado, let me say hello and bring in Luminaria Star. Hi. <laughs> it's so nice to have you on our show. And I have to say, I apologize for being so slow on the uptake. I look at that thing, Alchemical Artisans. I wrote, what could that be? Why would a person name themselves that? And until we got to talking, I had no idea about your history in radio. Um and um, and I'm very, very glad that we're going to be sponsoring your show. And it will be starting in July. And so we're going to keep everybody posted on this. But um, So, Luminaria, tell the folks at home a little bit about yourself, who you are and how you got where you are. Well, that's, <laughs> that's quite a story. Um, a long, long time ago when dinosaurs still walked the earth, I discovered tarot cards and well, what happened was I had this wonderful English teacher who was English and he did a reading for me and told me in the course of that reading that someday I would be a really, really good tarot card reader. And I was about 15 at the time. And I thought, wow, that would be great, except that I knew that I couldn't have tarot cards in my extremely religious home. So it had to wait until I went away to college. And so the first thing I did as soon as I was free and away from home was buy myself some tarot cards and start reading about witchcraft. (laughs) Mm. And I have... I have never looked back. Uh, and do you first... do do you do readings for people, um, you know, by phone or in person? Yes, um, I will do them basically however we can get it done. 
um, we usually use either Skype or Facebook, Facebook video chat. Hmm. Um, okay. I've also used Google Hangouts. Okay, um, so you you are you are still reading tarot for folks. Now I know you said it was since dinosaurs walked the earth, and I know that's a long time. I know you're not quite <laughs> as old as me, but um, where were you, where were you raised? Where did you grow up? Suburban New Jersey. New Jersey, and now you're in Maine, the the pine tree yes. state, right? All right. Yes. Um, and uh, and I'm going to say uh, something. Uh, about you that um not something that you would probably think to advertise. This woman just sent us a giant pillow pack of beautifully combed clean black cat hair. <laughs> <laughs> this is the lady with the most long haired black cats in America, <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> well, I have three. Yes, yeah. I'm a cat lady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, if you're the you're the black cat lady, but beautiful and clean. I'm telling you, when I get cat hair from people, sometimes you mm. find the little flea eggs in them. You know what I'm saying? I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. But um, your black cat hair shows beautifully loved and well cared for and very healthy cats. I was impressed. So uh, well, that so if it, if anybody is ordering black cat hair in the weeks and months to come, you're going to get the creme de la creme. We've got a good crop in right now. <laughs> and you also work with herbs. Um you're a you're an herbalist as well, right? Yes. I am a trained herbalist and also a master gardener. So oh. I know how to grow the herbs, I know how to make medicines and other things out of herbs. Mm-hmm. I also work with stones and I make jewelry. Mm. Fiber and stones and wire and fossils and other found objects that are extremely varied. I've used things as oh, I can vouch for your I can vouch for your spiral logic jewelry. Um, This is amazing stuff, um, and I have to thank you. Along with the black cat hair came a gift of two beautiful earrings. A matched pair, made of, of wrapped wire in a way I have never seen done before. The best I could say, and the name of that company that you have is called Spiral Logic, and um, it, it it looked like almost like a spirograph, or in other words, there was a mechanical precision to what you had done with that. I couldn't figure it thank out, you. but it was beautiful. Thank you. I do everything in. Rhythms and patterns, numbers and um, I, I don't even know how to explain it exactly, but I tell myself a little story as I weave the thread into the frame. Every part of it is handmade. Um, I usually use this, but the ones yeah. that I sent to you are a metallic fiber that actually contain a very small amount of silver. Hmm. Well, they they were um, just beautiful, like peacock or parrot colors, like iridescent, like butterfly colors, and it was just a, a gorgeous the way it all blended together. But also, like you said, it had a logic, and um, and that is going to really take us to our topic for today, because this is where why we brought you in. 
we're going to talk about magic logic. And um, since you're a person who obviously works by logic, um, and uh, you know you have spiral logic and magic logic, I, I love your logic, lady. Um, in the chat room, um, uh, people are asking, do you have a website? And Papa Newt said, I believe not yet. A website will be coming soon, question mark. Um, I believe there may be an Etsy shop for Spiral Logic, right? Is there? Um, no. No? But no? There is a Facebook fan page. A Facebook fan page for Spiral Logic. Yes. Okay. Is there a Facebook fan page for Alchemical Artisans Hour? Or Yes. Yes. Okay. Papa Newt, go and find them. For, <laughs> Please, Papa Newt, go find them. And also Star. Oh, and Luminaria Star has a Facebook page. Okay, great. We're going to get you on the web real soon because that's much better for Google's um, world. Oh, look at that. Nagashiva's already jumped in with Spiral Logic. Okay, we're going to get it. It'll all be posted in the chat room and you can find her. Okay, now let's talk about magic logic. What does that mm-hmm. phrase mean? Well, I do things according to correspondences, rhythms, and patterns. Um, as a, as our conversation of some days ago, uh, we talked about being synesthetic, mm-hmm. where I, I'm not exactly sure what your experience with this is, but for me, it means that my senses are cross-linked in such a way that sight and hearing and smell and taste are all cross-wired. Um, the, the modality that seems to cross all the boundaries for me is color. Everything mm-hmm. has a color. And that also means frequency because I experience things in a kind of a rhythmic or frequency type way. So... And this is all bound up with color and my other senses. So I look for ways to involve several modalities in all of my spell work. Um, and that means color, smell, taste, if that is relevant, hearing. Um, but also I use planets and images and rulerships and herbs, and I try to match things according to what goes together or makes a logical pattern. There's that word again. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm going all... I'm to I'm jump in here. So synesthesia yeah. is pretty well known. Anybody can look it up. It, it means uh, the sensation of what things that you um, perceive um, – literally as an esthete, um, that that they are cross-linked or cross-wired, as Luminaria Star said. So that, if, for example, I also uh, experience synesthesia as an ongoing, whereas synesthetes, in other words, we are people who have this ongoing, we don't need to smoke pot to have it happen. But I will say that um, smoking marijuana and or taking um, mildish doses of um, any of the DMT, LSD-type 
psychotropic drugs is known to produce this effect, and it's marveled at by those yeah, psychedelic drugs of one sort or another, produce this effect, but there are people who just have this effect all their lives, and I'm one of those too. So for me, the number four is leafy green. Always has been, always will be. It's just that's the number four, right? Um, for me, the number two is sort of a shimmery, watery color. Um, these are just things that I've had since I was a baby. I don't know if they didn't, I don't, I never read a book of correspondences. And the interesting thing about synesthetes is that they don't always have the same, um, the same link. In other words, there's no universal archetypes. It's just, if you're a synesthete, something is perceived as something else. And it's wired strangely in your brain. And that's what happens. Um, for instance, for me, acrylic knit fibers read as shards of broken glass, right? Oh. And if, oh yeah. And if I, if I, I mean, if I hug somebody who's wearing acrylic knits, I, I have to really breathe through the experience because I'm, I really want to scream and jump away. Um, a lot of autistic people have varying degrees of synesthesia. It is somehow related to uh, autism and high-functioning autistic people or those with Asperger's, such as myself, often talk about it um, in an intellectual way. But we all know that what it means. My I, my um, my ex-stepsister, well, she's still my stepsister, but you know there was a divorce, so she's my, technically my ex-stepsister. My ex-stepsister had a number and a color and a shape for all of the single digits up, you know, from a zero through nine, and could actually write and read and communicate to herself visually and on paper in a code that only she could understand in which everything related to something else. In other words, if she said red, it meant five or whatever. You know what I mean? It was just something. And she could do this. We, we, those of us who have this follow a different logic pattern, obviously. Magic logic is a good name for it. Um, and this is why, Luminaria, have you ever noticed that people say, well, what can I substitute for that thing? I can't get product X. Can I substitute something else for it? And I'm always Mm. looking at them and I'm just shaking my head and going, honey, do you have to ask? There's a whole world of things that would be in that range, tonal range, I guess. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes, so, absolutely. So magic logic is not a tradition in the sense that it is taught orally mm. like hoodoo or like um like brujeria or um you know stregaria or any of the you know the different folk brahari or any of the different folk magics. Magic logic is really something that a magician feels. Would you not agree? Yes, I've, the way that I look at it is I have assembled a database of sensations and information throughout my life. And there are things that are congruent and related, and those things can be plugged in together to make patterns and rhythms and frequencies. Mm. And that's, for me, that's magic logic. It's... It, Basically, what I try to do is assemble 
a congruent pattern that makes a whole, well, a whole. <laughs> and I don't mean whole as in H-O-L-E. I mean whole as in W-H-O-L-E. Right. A whole. So, so let me let me get um, Contraband Ali in here because he's been listening quietly. Um, Contraband Ali, have you ever experienced synesthesia? I have not. Um, I know what it is, and I have friends that that have experienced it. Um, smelling colors is uh, some, something my friend says very frequently um, that certain colors have smells for him. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I myself have not uh, experienced it in that way. Um, but what I can say in regards to, to magical logic or magic logic is that it is deeply related to the sort of symbolic logic of dream logic. Um, and this is why when people start out, my my apprentices and the students that I have taken over the years will all attest to the fact that when they first start with me, um, I tell them to keep a dream diary and not in a sort of you know, whimsical, oh, it's great to remember your dreams, but because I believe it's a very important way of developing the vocabulary of both uh, reading and of magic. You learn to understand certain symbols and what certain things mean to you, um, and developing that vocabulary is what makes a really good reader so that you're able to see those dreams, you're able to see those symbols as omens in waking life, you can see them in the tarot cards, you can see them elsewhere, you start to build up correspondences, as well as in the type of magical work that you do. Now, some of these correspondences or or logics, if we will, already exist as uh, traditions that are passed down. You You have the law of correspondences, the doctrine of signatures, these, they, they already exist in some way, shape, or form, and much of it, however, is personalized. And so you'll you'll develop a certain language, so to speak, um, by which you can build uh, a so-called spell. I mean, a spell is tied to the act of writing. And so I think it's very important for people to understand that that there's a fusion of kind of the, the the symbolic correspondences that already exist, along with your own symbolic correspondences that you develop. And when we use the word logic, we're using it in the very broadest abstract form, because it's not always one plus one equals two, um, but rather one plus one equals green, um, and that becomes <laughs> yeah. a sort of ex- it becomes a sort of experiential thing that you realize. Uh, which is why a single candle can move mountains. Um, But developing it is the key here. And and it's something that you don't just learn overnight. You don't pick up a book and go, okay, I know the correspondences. You start off with the book, and then you begin writing down your own and keep building it over time. It's a very much gathered over a period of time type experience. Well, you know, you did bring up something that's interesting to me because I am an orderly thinker with my moon in Aquarius. And that's logic. You know, that's your emotions are somewhat replaced Mm -hmm. by logic. And um, I began collecting these correspondences at an early age. Um, Mm -hmm. that, That idea is what led to me writing books like Hood Urban Root Magic. Um, but before I did that, I kept a, um, a book that I called the Book of Charts, and all it was was circular charts that corresponded things together, compiled and corresponded mm-hmm. either by fours or by sixes or by twelves. Um, and 
I could flip through this book, and it was quite large. It was like a very large, like a, like a kind of an easel pad, you know, that you would have in front of a lecture. And I painted everything. It was all painted in watercolor. Unfortunately, it was lost when the house I was in flooded. The whole town flooded, and that went the way of all paper and watercolor. But um, from a very early age, and I started keeping that as a teenager, I would correspond one thing to another. And... Mm-hmm. Um, I would draw maps that were circular maps. Everything was circular on this. There was no other kind of chart that I allowed in this book, but circular things. Mm -hmm. And most of them were divided by 12. And um, there are many other magic books, grimoires, old grimoires, that contain Mm -hmm. uh, these types of circles. There's one book of astrology I just recently came across. It was written in the 1890s. And it said it it featured the Wonder Wheel. And the Wonder Wheel (laughs) was just like these charts that I had correlated. What's the what's the astrological sign? What's the planetary ruler? What is the color? What is the number? What is it hot or cold or wet or dry? Uh, is it cardinal mm-hmm. fixed or mutable? Is it earth, air, fire, and water? And it was just like this this pile up, just this mass pile up. And I just I saw the Wonder Wheel and I thought, damn, I uh, this that's good. Whoever this person who wrote the Wonder Wheel way back, you know, more, 120 years ago, obviously had the same kind of mind. And what happens when you do this, whether you make your own lists or whether you go by lists that others have provided? Oh, and by the way, one good place to look for such lists is in Scott Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs. He has some great correlations. But um, one, other, one other way to uh, get these lists is to ask people what they do and learn from them directly. Yeah. Gee, I can't believe it. we're out of time. Oh, my gosh. Um, I was ready to go for a whole nother uh, uh, episode on this. <laughs> i got to just say one more thing before we go to our announcement. There is a book um, that we sell in our shop, a uh, book of correspondences. And um, uh, Nagashiva said in the chat room, maybe we'll come back to it if there is no second client. I would have preferred that. That sounds good. Let's just take one reading, and we'll come back to this topic. Stay tuned for more synesthesia. Okay, <laughs> take it away, Papa Newt. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, and this week's special guest, Lemuria and Star. It will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the forum, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like to say hello and let me, your announcer, Papa Nude, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. And our first caller, we are taking straight from the queue, calling in from area code 310 in Virginia. This is Black Juno. Black Juno, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the show. Um, and have you had any other readings with Miss Tag Contramental Lee or any other readers on this situation? No, not on this situation, no. 
Hi, thank you. And she writes, I met a man at the beginning of May, and we are currently friends with benefits. Over the last two weeks, he has become more distant, and I would like to have a relationship with him where he will see me as a life partner. Will this happen? Turning back to you, Ms. Kat. All right. Well, Black Juno, it's nice to hear from you. Um, nice to read for you. Thank you very much for entrusting me with this. And um, I'm going to ask a couple of questions. What is your sign of the zodiac? I'm an Aries. Okay. And what is his sign of the zodiac? Cancer. Cancer. All right. Well, that's um, a kind of a difficult combination. Um, And the reason is not that they are bad for one another. They are square. But um, cancer is a very tender, sensitive sign, and it's called cancer the crab. But like a hermit crab, it does tend to like be a little crab that hides in a shell of another animal. It's They tend to hide, and they tend to withdraw. And it's not because they've changed their mind or in search of, you know, six other women to have sex with. It's because they're they're easily spooked. Aries, on the other hand, is you know like you know ready to take on the world. The most energetic sign of the zodiac, the go get 'em sign, first sign, first one out of the gate. You know that's you, Aries. So the two don't always make a great match. Okay, now that's not to say you cannot make a wonderful match, but I would recommend because of the signs, sun signs being in fundamental disharmony, I would recommend that after this show you back up whatever we have to say by going to an astrologer and getting complete charts done on the two of you. And I'm going to recommend, there's many, many astrologers that I know in air who are good. Um, I would recommend probably uh, William Stickovers as an excellent um, one. Conjurement Ali is an astrologer. and Deacon Millet is an astrologer as well, and so am I. Um, but I would say uh, William Stickovers because he specializes in astrology and he specializes in predictive astrology, and that's what you're looking for here. Not so much a horror reading, but a comparison of the two natal charts because even though the suns are square, there may be mutual reception of your sun and moon and other ameliorating and remediating uh, aspects that would show that this is an ideal relationship. However, having said that, and always, by the way, folks, I always recommend when asking about a loved one, it's a good idea to start with the two charts. That's my opinion. I've been an astrologer since dinosaurs walked the earth, right? And so um, I do think that, um, that that is something that's important. Now, having said that, I'm going to do a, a quick three-card reading, and then Luminaria Star will do a quick three-card reading. So the question is, can you draw this um, some, suddenly within the last two weeks, this withdrawing, quieting uh, Cancerian to come back to you and become more than friends with benefits? Okay. Yes. Card number one is a, a card that does not bode the best. It's not a bad card, but it's no, yes, this is going to happen and you'll be married in September card. This is a card called the Seven of Cups, and it shows many choices. Number one, you have many choices. So this is a person looking at a floating cloud, a low-flying cloud, and on the cloud there are seven cups, and in each cup there is 
an object that symbolizes something. There's a stone castle symbolizing property, um, a cup full of gold and gems and silver and coins symbolizing wealth, a uh, victory wreath of bay laurel leaves that symbolizes an academic or military success. However, it has a skull carved on it, so beware. Then there's a dragon, kind of fierce, symbolizes your fears. There is a uh, a head, a stone-carved head with um, grape leaves all over the head, and that symbolizes Dionysus or Bacchus, the god of drink, and it symbolizes um, the idolization or um, overuse of intoxicants. And the last one of the strange cups contains a snake which is attacking the final cup of all which is the cup you're supposed to choose which has in it a person covered with a cloth radiating beautiful light like a neon saint or something and so the the message in the card is that you have many choices and there may be another person on your horizon if we take this card to represent the uh, lover we might say that he is looking at many choices as well. But this is a card that implies a change, okay? Um, and that maybe it would be better to search on, okay? The next okay. card is um, a card called the Eight of Pentacles. So this is a, a workman at his bench making beautiful golden coins. And he has made six beautiful coins and put them on display and underneath this bench, we find he's kicked one that did not work out. It's kind of bent and misformed. And now he's going on to making number eight. So this says, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Or steady work will profit you. But the question is, is this guy the coin that got kicked under the bench? Or are we going to say, have you done any spell work on him in the past? Um, I... I've only done, yes, I have. But you just have uh, sweet, yes. And did any sweet of it ninja. have good, Sorry. good? And did it have good results? Um, they, no, I haven't seen any results yet, and that was about three weeks ago. Okay. So what I'm seeing here is that, because we have, if someone said, well, I tried, you know, six different spells on him and one of them didn't work, I'd go, okay, go on to the next spell. But what I'm thinking here is, you may need to kick this guy under the bench. Just saying. It it mm-hmm. may not it may not be quite right. How long have you been seeing each other? Uh since the beginning of May. Oh, that's a fairly short time. I'd give it a right. little longer. Yeah, I'd give it a little longer. Friends with benefits, you know. But if there's no movement, this card kind of says, keep trying, keep trying. But um, if it doesn't work out, kick it under the bench and go on to the next person. Okay? okay. And I'm going to give you the third card. And this is a card called the Hermit. So we may actually, this is a man who is in retreat, and he has retreated up to an icy mountain. And this may be, we may have encountered this person's personality here. I mentioned the hermit crab. This is just a hermit hermit. It's an old guy in gray with gray skies, very neutral on an icy mountain. He's holding a little light lamp with a star in it, and he's saying, well, if you want to climb up all the way here and find me, I'm available. I'll keep the light on for you. But he's not, you know, coming down and 
getting married with you in a field full of flowers with little dancing girls scattering rose petals. He's not going in that direction. Okay, so in some senses the choice is yours, but the withdrawal seems to be inherent to his personality in a sense. Okay, I'm going to turn this over to Luminaria Star, and she's going to do a reading. Thank you. Hi. Hello. Hi. Um, listening into that reading, I'd like to just interject um, my two cents into some of what was said. And that is that I get a very strong sense that one or the other of you, or perhaps even both of you, have been sending mixed signals. Um, unsure of which facets of your personalities to reveal. And this is a man who needs to feel sure. I very strongly suspect that he needs real direction and he needs proofs. Uh, I am using a Lenormand cardamancy deck, uh, the Vorsage Carton cardamancy deck. <laughs> I know that's a mouthful. But this is a different system than tarot. I chose it because it's very straightforward. The central card that I've drawn is the key, which is something, it's very single-minded, it's very pointed. It means that there is a specific approach that would be successful. And you need to figure out what it is and either choose to insert and turn that key or lock the door. Um, I have put down five cards because they seem to want to go down (laughs) and three didn't seem to be enough. So the key card is pointed at the rider who is pointed towards the past. There is something in his past that has made him this way. It makes him have a sort of attitude of avoidance of anything deeper until he has proof of loyalty. And I say that because the next card is the dog, which stands for the loyal, steadfast friend whose devotion is unconditional. This is a form of bonding that it can't be faked and it can't be um, trained. It has to come naturally, and there has to be a certain compatibility of personality for it to occur. Now, on the other side of the key, I see the ring, which stands for cycles of completion, and it also stands for commitment. But I also see an issue of boundaries here. Again, it's the issue of the shell, the person hiding your soft innards, or the, there's like a, a, an emptiness, a vulnerability inside that is guarded by this metal circle around it. And on the other side of that is the fish. And the fish are pointed towards the future. He's 
also thinking about sustenance. Who's going to provide the resources? Is he going to be expected to support somebody? Or is he going to be able to seek support? All of these things are issues in his mind. These are the keys to the situation and the obstacles standing in your way. Okay, right. thank you. Yeah, that makes yeah. good sense. Um, so um, I think we have some some uh, clear idea here that there there is a bit of incompatibility because your way of approaching things are like, you know, let's get on the boat and row, 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 because you're an Aries. You know what I mean? It's like, like right. uh, let's go forward, right? And this guy is all hedged about with a lot of issues. Let's turn this over to Conjurman Ali and see what he says. Thanks, Ms. Gale. I think you've received some very good readings here. And there's some work that can be done. What I'm going to do is gear my work towards, or what I, my recommendation, towards a more generic drawing spell, attraction spell. And if it works out that this is the guy that you want to be with and he's the right dude, then this spell will work on him. If not, it will draw someone new. Uh, and that's something to bear in mind here. Now, Astrologically speaking, Cat, I think, is, is hitting the nail on the head here. It is important to get a reading to see how compatible you two are. Um, I think Aries can sometimes hurt Cancer, and that does cause a good deal of withdrawal. There's also hesitation on Cancer's part because they're they're looking for something specific, and when they don't find it, they're not willing to, to kind of come out of their shell. So the spell that I'm going to give you this work is can either help him come out of his shell, or it'll help you move on. What I want you to do is start with a bath. A uh, bath has a good effect on cancer anyway, so it's a good start for this particular working. You take some catnip, rose petals, and bohog, or, or lava root. Brew this into a tea. Bathe yourself, wash yourself from uh, your feet to your head, so from going upwards, drawing the goodness of this tea into yourself. Let yourself air dry, gather a bit of the used bath water, and sprinkle it at your front door. Then, while you're air drying, what I want you to do is get yourself a pink atom candle, a pink uh, nude male candle. And you are going to inscribe on this candle, My Perfect Lover for Me and Me Alone. Uh, or something along those lines. My Ideal Lover, come to me wherever you are. My Ideal Lover, be mine, so on. Anoint this with come-to-me oil, dressing the oil towards you. Light the candle and pray from your heart. As you are praying, I want you to see yourself happy. I want to, you to feel yourself happy. The feeling that you get when you're in a fulfilling relationship, the tingles in your belly, the better butterflies in your stomach. I want you to let yourself really feel that. Once you've got you've got that emotion, once you're praying and you you feel like you fixed it, snuff out that candle, uh, and then get yourself uh, select a perfume of your choosing, a perfume that you love that makes you feel good. Add a single drop of bewitching oil to that perfume, and seven Cuba berries. Spray yourself with the perfume and go out. Go out. Do whatever it is that you need to do. Go shopping. Go hang out. The key is you have to go out in social areas. You have to actually let this, the scent of this spell 
kind of move through the populace. So do this. Come back home and repeat this spell for seven days, uh, completing starting with the bath and concluding with you going out after you've, you've sprayed yourself. On your final day, on that seventh day, the candle should burn all the way down. Take the used remains of the candle and bury it in your front yard. Go out again after you, you sprayed yourself. Now, if this guy is the guy for you, he will start to open up and come to you. But set yourself a very clear standard that if he comes to you and he opens up to you, that he will commit to you by a particular time. It could be the end of summer. If he does not commit by end of summer, then know that the spell has made him more open, but it will not progress any further than that and move on from there. However, if this is not the man for you, the working that you have done will draw the right person to you. You'll meet him on one of your trips. He'll approach you when you're getting coffee or talk to you while you're shopping or whatever it is. You will meet this person when you're out. So this is what I would recommend. A kind of more general approach of attraction rather than really focusing on him alone. I'm going to see if Kat and Luminaria have anything further to add to this. So I have a question. When you say go out, you don't mean you don't mean like go to the club and try to pick up men. You mean no, just go out. Just go out. Daily life. Because I get a sense that this person is going to come to you uh, when you're out doing other stuff. Not when you're, you know, you're not hunting for him, so to speak. You're not going out to clubs. It's going to be him coming up to you during a grocery store run, him coming up to you during... Uh, a coffee break, something along those lines. So go about your daily life. The key, however, is to go out, to kind of spread this and spread the scent, if you will, wherever you are. Okay. Wow. I really like that. Do you have anything to add to it, Luminaria? I would say um, try and soften your public persona just a bit by doing things like wearing a soft color like rose, a gentle rose color or a soft blue. Um, Make yourself Mm. approachable, you know. Um, Be gentle and not, don't give off the vibe of the huntress. Mm -hmm. I hear you. And uh, I'm going to say with that, along with the soft color, um, you might want to also uh, consider softening your makeup a little bit or, um, you know, softening your fashion style. I think that's a very, that that goes right along with that card. Cups. All right. Well, we've done a little change up. We got the bumper music and here we are. And um, we're going to uh, have Papa Newt come in, make an announcement. But instead of going to a caller, uh, we're just going to go right back to our discussion topic because we really didn't finish it out, and that is magic logic. So, Papa Newt, give us a brief announcement, and we'll come right back. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. And now we'll go back to our discussion panel 
channel on magic, logic, and customizing spells with uh, Luminaria Star. Uh, take it away. All right. Thank you, Papa New. That was a mouthful, wasn't it? Um, now, I just want to make a little shout-out to the chat room. Um, Callie Mojo Girl uh, wanted to give some praise, and I want to echo it here um, in audio, uh, to that spell that Ollie gave it. She said it was an open-ended spell. It'll work either way. Whether or not he withdraws or not, that spell is going to work. So it doesn't. it's not a demanding spell. Very, very uh, nuanced spell. So thank you for that, Ali. And thank you, uh, Kali Mojo Girl, for noticing that, how, how beautifully delicate that balance was in that spell. All right. So, um, and we want to thank uh, Black Juno for being our, our uh, guest here, too. Okay, now. Um, let's go back to magic logic and customizing a spell. And actually, I'm going to use this spell that um, that Ollie gave here. He had in it um, a couple of um, of things that I would like to talk about. One of them was catnip, um, a soft green herb. Another of them was lovage, a brown, slightly crunchy root. Right. Um, when I hear him say those things, I immediately start making what I would call mental, spiritual potpourri. Do you know mm. what I mean, Luminaria? Mental, Absolutely. spiritual potpourri? Yeah. So mental, <laughs> spiritual potpourri. I'll, people will like write me in the Lucky Mojo forum, and they'll say, you know, I want to add, and they make a long list. I want to add catnip and mint, and I'm going to put in a twit lemon balm, and I'm going to put in rosemary, and I'm, I'm going, no. Not because any one of those isn't right, but because you've just thrown in like six things or four things from the mint family. They're just different mints. It just keeps on going. You're just, why don't you just use mint and have done with it, right? Um, but, it, and, the, and I want sage, and I want, I'm, no, no, no. A good, to me, uh, the spiritual potpourri will often be balanced between roots and herbs, between herbs that have a soft green color like catnip and herbs that have a brittle, sharp green color, um, oh, like clover, for instance, uh, that shatter, that are shattered rather than cut and sifted. Things that are, um, and I'm not talking about are they upbeat or downtone or are they for love or for money. I'm talking about what do they look like, right? What do they look like? How do they blend together? Would I, for instance, if I had a spell and it called for cloves and nutmeg and allspice, would I mm. want them all whole? Or would I want one of them a powder? No, no, I wouldn't want one of them a powder. Either all three powders or all three whole. Mm -hmm. Because it's a spiritual, metaphysical potpourri. All right, I'm going to turn this over to Luminaria. Tell me what you think about what I just said. Well, yes, they they are all members of the Mint family. Each Mm -hmm. of them is nuanced in a different way, though. The, the lemon balm actually, to me, is the softest of all of them. Mm-hmm. It has an antidepressant, a gently cheering and bolstering effect. And to me, in my own peculiar way of sensing things, it has a slightly sunnier green 
Um, and to me, the mint families, mint family members are all kind of pointy mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. because they're sharp. The, mm-hmm. the smell to me has a sharpness, and so to me, that's pointy. Um, mm-hmm. I know that's you know that probably doesn't make sense to people who don't think the way that. That we do, but well, see, that's what I was saying. But 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 Luminario, you got it. That's what I was saying. Why not just throw them all down and just put mint? If you're just going to go for mint, if you're just beating around the bush with mint, just go for mint. But see, if right. you wanted but, some, if you wanted catnip, which is a soft mint, lemon balm is an even softer mint. But then, to me, to make the potpourri, you want a few little clusters of something like lovage or cloves or something. You want to go. You want a bouquet. You want a bouquet is what I'm saying. And the bouquet has both a visual and a smell component. Yes, and an energetic component. Um, But why be so repetitive? You know, all those different moves. Use the one where the nuance actually fits your goal. You know, Mm -hmm. do you need to be chewed up? Or do you need to have a more sharp-edged approach? You know, what are you after? Are you after the pursuit of money, which Mint is very good for? Are you looking to attract someone really, really strongly and in a very immediate sense? Then use catnip, you know? Mm -hmm. Are you looking to cheer your spirit because you've been feeling a little bit down or a little bit pressured? Then use lemon balm, you know? Mm -hmm. But in the meanwhile, you need something to ground yourself, in which case the lovage would be really great because it's a root. A root mm-hmm. is grounding. Mm. You know? Right. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in something else. If you make patchwork quilts, you'll know what I'm talking about. You can make the most elaborate patchwork quilt in which, you know, each square is made up of like, you know, hundred and forty four different little triangles turned different ways. But if every square is made up of little tiny triangles, all of which are the same color of yellow or very similar colors of yellow, you haven't really made a beautiful patchwork quilt because you didn't vary the colors and patterns of the calico cloth against plain Mm. cloth. If it was all calico, very hard to read the pattern. If it's all plain, you can read the pattern, but it's not as got as much artistry if you've got some plain and some calico. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So when designing a, a mojo bag, for instance... I often will go to one mineral, one root, one herb as my grounded base. I won't make it unless I have one of each. And then I will build from there because I'm going by magic logic. So let's say it's a money-drawing mojo. So I take a a mineral that draws money. I take um, a, a root that draws money. And I take an herb that draws money. And now I've got a firm three-way base, right? Now I can elaborate on that from whether they want money in a job or they want money through entertainment popularity or they want money on the streets, whatever they want. But I've got a base for that that's logical. See what I'm talking about? This is this is the difference here, what you're talking about, is the difference between cooking and throwing a bunch of things in a pot and hoping it comes out <laughs> edible. Right, and so in lichen cooking, you start off, some people start off with a recipe. It tells you, you need six of this and two of this and four of that, and you put it for 350 in the oven, right? It tells you something along those lines. If you're particularly skilled at cooking, you then learn how to adapt it yourself. You know by taste, 
mm, this needs mm-hmm. a little bit more salt. This needs a little bit more pepper. This needs a little bit of this. This is how you build and, and create your own creations. You understand how uh, tasting palates, how food and ingredients go together to make something else. And it contrasts to that in which you take all these edible things, throw it into a pot and turn on the heat and come out with something inedible. Right? <laughs> this, is how, this, is, this is the way it's that magic logic works. Right? It, is, it starts off with either a recipe or your own ability to recognize how tastes go together with one. And not just taste. It's the way food looks. It's the way food tastes. It's the way food smells. You know, all of that comes together. And, and also, to, also, can I got to jump in. Also, preparation time. In uh, other yes, words, exactly. if broccoli takes a little bit longer to cook than stovetop stuffing, so it's good idea to steam your broccoli right. ahead of time before you add it to your stovetop stuffing, right? And the tuna this, fish, that just needs to warm up, so you just toss it have you, ever, now, you know, you've ever gone to a dinner party with someone who's, who's just starting to cook? They have a fantastic recipe that they've printed out online, but you're waiting an hour and a half for dinner because they didn't know the prep time that goes into right. it. Right. They follow now, the recipe now, perfectly. A, yes. Now, yes, now, here's my analog to that. In a mojo, um, mm. the wear-out time is part of it. Yes. If if you put in sachet powders, they'll drift through the cloth. If you put mm-hmm. in very fine powdered herbs, they'll drift through the cloth. So you're also looking for a fragility factor and a wear-out time. Mm-hmm. And the core mm-hmm. ingredients, very likely, the root and the mineral, uh, maybe a zoological curio, they'll last a long time. But mm-hmm. I always look at that, too, in terms of, like, if I threw these all in a wok at the same time, what would turn to mush? The tomatoes. Right. They would turn to mush, right? I lost the beauty of those tomatoes that were just thrown in, seasoned, and then thrown in at the very last, just to heat, and there they are. But every mojo that I make, every spell that I make, has that factor of durability, prep time, and um, endurance in the in the walk, as it were. <laughs> it's why also, it's so essential when you're doing magical work to understand that what you're doing is more than just lighting a candle, making a mojo bag, making a jar. You're working within a system or a world that has its own language, that has its own logic, as, as we've been saying. And it's important to learn that. You know, whether that means taking time to build your own correspondences or starting with someone else's, whether it's a chart or a book or whatnot. But it is important to do that. I think that that's the difference between a a person who's able to really successfully put together some type of conjure and a person who's not. If they've taken that time to really build the language of magic or the logic of magic into their working. Mm -hmm. Um, I also find that there's a kinesthetic aspect. Like with a recipe, it's not just the balance of flavors and the time, the right time to add things. It's also mouthfeel, texture. Mm -hmm. And a variety is nice because if you have something that's crunchy and you have all things that are crunchy, you just end up with a bunch of stuff that gets stuck in your teeth and it's hard to swallow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, have you ever have you ever handled a really poorly made oil, uh, a condition oil? You can tell not just from the smell, but if you've ever dabbed it on your fingers for, to go to anoint a candle, you'll feel it. 
you'll feel mm-hmm. that the soil does not feel right. Um, That's right. And, and you'll recognize it right off the bat. There's something wrong with this soil. It wasn't made right. Yeah. I'm going to say about the about the um, the kinesthetic sense, I also, if I'm going to do something, I also basically rehearse it in my mind. And I actually look at, will my hands end up sticky or will my hands end up clean? Um how uh, will I will I need a bowl to put these pieces into to fish them out of, or can I reach into the jar? I want the performance of the work. This candle, do I have a candle holder? Will the candle holder be uh, have an air, you know, underneath it like a little stand so that I can it won't burn the wooden surface? Um, all of those parts of of it are parts of the kinesthetics of it. So that will I be using my right hand exclusively? Will I be using my right and my left? Will I have to bend over? Will I need um, an extra candle for light? If I drip this candle onto the wax to seal something, do I want another candle or will I use my my one candle to work by? All of these things are what make the art of spell work artistic. It's artistic. That's why it why your name artisanal. Artisans, alchemical artisans hour has artisans in it, and alchemical yeah. is the this mingling of these elements, the chemistry of it, but the artistry, the 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 art of it. That's why I called that book of mine the art of hoodoo candle magic, and the other one the art of making mojos mm-hmm. because it's not about it's not about a cookbook. It's about the art of it, and trying to teach people that art is very difficult. Um, because they they want to know well did I do the right thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This is what magic has often been called in, in old books, especially in the medieval era, and the Renaissance as a sacred science and an ancient art. It is both of those at the same time. And the way I I often teach my students is, is the concept of you learn the science of it and you learn it well enough that it eventually is elevated to art. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Um, well, uh, in the chat room, um, Kali Mojo Girl, our fellow synesthete, says tasting a spell. Does it taste successful or does something taste off? Could it use a little more of one ingredient or just does it need time to meld? Let me talk for a moment about that because she brought up something really, really mm. good here. Melding. Melding or blending or merging are terms that are used in perfumery where you put two cents together, or three or five or 18 cents together. And those cents are actually chemical molecules. And in time, even if in a carrier, such as a, a almond oil or any kind of character, or in an alcohol carrier, those molecules will hook and blend, and they will actually meld into a new scent. And this is important when making um, a bath tea, when making a mojo. Now, when you make the bath tea, you are blending them right there. You've added heat and you've speeded up the chemical process. But when you make a mojo, that chemical process takes time. You can put them all together and say, "Mm, this smells really good. But in a week, that smell will have begun to meld in a new way. And this is one reason I was told, and I tell others, sleep with that mojo for seven days. Carry that thing with you, because you also need to get your scent onto it to make it be of you. Mm -hmm. And you see, because 
the the a lot of what we do when we work with natural herbs, a lot of what we do is led by our scent and uh, sense of scent. And one of the things that I find most valuable in working with herbs is do they give you an inspiration? Now, an inspiration means an in-breath, a breathing in, like that. But the inspiration usually is that second breath where you smell the rose, and then you go and you're just like taking a whole lot more. That's the inspiration. Mm-hmm. But it also has a spiritual meaning. To be inspired means to have been filled with this scent, this beautiful breath that comes in. Mm-hmm. And so if when you smell an herb, no matter how many times you read about it in a book, no matter how many times you say the color is right, the form is right, the attributions by planetary, you know, Agrippa, it's all. <laughs> but damn, I hate the smell of this thing. Just don't use it. Just don't use That's it because it's true. not in, it's not inspiring to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you actually tell us the story real briefly of of uh, you and Nagashiva meeting and the smelling of the oils? Because I think that really po- drives the point home. Oh, okay. I'll tell that story. When Nagashiva first came to meet me, it was just on a kind of like, um, hi, I've always known you and using it for four years, and gee, I'd like to bring some books and we can discuss books. It was just going to be a, you know, happy, friendly, whatever. And um, But uh, he asked me, he says, well, you know, you make all of these oils. Could you make me a, a, a love oil? And I said, well, I'll tell you what, I've got a bunch of them here. And, of course, this was his subtle way of saying, so how about it, chick, you know? But he's a Scorpio, you know, he, he had to be subtle. And um, so I said to him, well, listen, I, I wasn't going to, I mean, sure, I, I'd have gone to bed and fucked with him. No problem. Handsome young man, looked good, you know, real nice. But... But I wanted to play my own game on him. So I said to him, listen, I'm going to allow you to smell every love oil I make, and but I'm not going to show you the labels. And you pick the one that smells the best to you. And he said, sure, no problem. And he went down through them all, and he smelled one of them. He goes, that's the one. I'd like a bottle of that one. And the label on that one was, stay with me. So I had my divination on him because he picked stay with me. And here we are 20 years later, and he's still here. Mm -hmm. And the 4th of July, in fact, actually the 3rd of July is our anniversary of 20 years of being together. We met on July 3rd, 1998, and and, um, July 4th, by then we hadn't gotten out of bed in about 12 hours at that point, and we've been together ever since. Happy anniversary, first of all. <laughs> Thank you. And second of all, I love that story, by the way. I love it. <laughs> well, that's the decision for you. Clever. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks for letting me tell it again. All right. Now, we're going to have Papa Newt come. Well, no, we're going to have our electronic wacko, and then Papa Newt, and then we're going to have our free spell. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Condrum and Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, and the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com.
now it's time for our free spell segment with Lumin- Luminaria Star. And uh, take it away. All right. This is a spell to address the times that we live in, to persist through adversity and to face despair and have courage to move through it and be victorious in the end. Um, the things that you will need... Well, first of all, you should do whatever you do to establish sacred space. Cast a circle, do house cleansing um, or space cleansing, uh, smudge with sage, whatever it is that you would normally do, do that. Um, if you are a tarot card reader, I would suggest choosing these three cards to use as focal points. Um, to meditate on while you prepare your spell. I would use strength, the sun, and the world. If you are not a tarot card reader, I would go on the internet or go through your personal whatnots and pull out either pictures or images of a lion, a phoenix, and a sunrise. Um, You will need either a bamboo bamboo skewer or a neutral punk stick, which is like an incense stick that has no scent to it. You'll need a china or glass plate, a sheet of yellow paper, yellow fool's cap is fine, construction paper is also fine, a red pen, and by that I mean a pen that writes with red ink, three essential oils or fragrance oils that are clove, dragon's blood, and rosemary, and three dried herbs, specifically ginger root, yarrow, and mugwort. And I misspoke, it's ginseng root, yarrow and mugwort. The ginseng root is for encouragement and spiritual strength to give you the oomph to persist through your situation. The yarrow is for protection and courage. The mugwort is for clear thinking and clear seeing, and it's also an accelerant or um, uh, it it makes your signals, your um, intuition signals clearer and easier for you to interpret. The clove oil is to stop negative self-talk in your thoughts. The dragon's blood oil is for protection, and it's also a magical amplifier. And the rosemary oil is to help with facing fears and adversity, and also for clear thinking and memory enhancement. And uh, I also recommend that you use three the chips, small chips of three gemstones, carnelian, turquoise, and citrine. The carnelian is for strength and resolve. The turquoise is for encouragement and hope. And the citrine is for optimism and strength of will. Now, and you'll also need the kind of incense holder that holds incense sticks. Now, put three drops of each oil in the plate and roll your stick in them and light it and put it in the incense burner. On your sheet of paper, with your red pen, draw the symbol of Mars, and people will know that it's also the symbol for man, like males. 
And in the center of the circle of Mars, put a dot. That basically superimposes the sigil or the symbol of the sun onto the symbol of Mars. Because you need sun energy and Mars together to really make this go. Um, and after you've done that, smear the rest of the oil on your plate onto the paper where these symbols have been drawn. And then place the gemstone chips on top of where the symbol is and the oil and sprinkle a pinch of each of those herbs onto there. And just as you said, it's a balanced recipe because there's a root, there's a flower, and there's a leaf in these herbs. So as you've done this, um, like smudge, smudge it, um, that's a term meaning like uh, bathe in the smoke of the incense, all over this, the area that you're working so that you get the vibe of that smoke into the mojo. It's basically a mojo or an amulet that you're making. And then fold it up onto itself in a clockwise direction. And it's okay to rotate it as you work with it. And then take either medical tape or Band-Aids and tape it to your solar plexus. This folded up packet with all that stuff inside, tape it to your solar plexus. Let it stay there for three hours. Um, if you are afraid that the oils might cause some kind of a reaction, if you have very, very sensitive skin, um, do it over a T-shirt or a thin garment. But if you're, you know, basically just a regular person that doesn't have overly sensitive skin, put it right on your bare skin and let it stay there for three hours. Um, if your incense stick burns all the way down, you've succeeded, take the packet off, put it between your mattress and your box spring in the area of your bed where your head will go over, where your pillows are, you know, mm -hmm. so that it's underneath the head area and the influence will basically keep going. If the incense stick that you've basically scented with the oils does not burn all the way down, if it stops burning, do it again the next day. If it does it again, do it again for a third time. If each of those times it does not burn all the way down, Put it off until the next moon cycle. Hmm. This is interesting because it's a self-divining spell. Um, yes. Uh, and at, this is this is a wonderful old form, a self-divining spell. Um, um, you try a third time and then not again until the next moon. Mm -hmm. I understand. It's really that. good. Um, yeah. Um, Wonderful, wonderful work. I love the way that you just put this right on your solar plexus. Like, yeah, Mars and the sun conjoined. conjoined. That's just like so right on. Um, I was asked in the chat room if you're a member of AIR. Um, no, Luminaria Star is not a member of AIR, um, but is a very 
experienced and trusted worker. We hope that someday she may join us in air. I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to that possibility. But now, remember, we, she will be having a radio show starting in July. So, um, yeah, special guests are not required to be in air. But um, as Shiva says, she's welcome to apply. We certainly have some hope here. Um, well, and Kali Mojo, Mojo Girl says, this spell has a lot of pagan elements to it. Well, right on, because um, Luminaria Star has <laughs> come, come, uh, come to us. Oh, she says, I'm a pagan. There you go. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we're going to thank you so much for this wonderful discussion. And we're going to turn this over to Papa Newt and let him make our closing announcements. And then we will uh, come back and I'll say goodbye. Thank you thank so you, much Ms. for having Patty. me. Mm-hmm. Oh, certainly. Thank you for being here. And thank you, Ms. Kat and Conchman Ali. And thank you, Luminaria and Star, for being our guests this week in uh, the wonderful Pine Tree State of Maine. Uh, we do enjoy, uh, invite you to join us next week when we'll have another special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Rubricers, who will be Angela Marie Horner of AngelaMarieHorner.com in Santa Rosa, California. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Ms. Cat via the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com and Contraman Ali at thecontraman.com in Mission Bay Hill, California. I'm your announcer, Papa New, joining you for PapaNew.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour can be heard every week live on Block Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again at the same time next week when you'll hear the familiar strengths of Memphis Checkman playing the Judgment Vault. And thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you so much, Papa Newt. Thank you, uh, Contramanali. And thank you, Luminaria Star, for being our guest. Always a pleasure. If this, is, if this is a sample of what you bring to us, Luminaria Star, we definitely are going to be looking forward to your radio show and maybe to having you in air as well. All right, everybody. This is Kat. Good night. Good night, all. Good night. Night. Yay! <laughs>